A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. It's the Luke and Pete Show. We're back. We've not recorded one of these for a little while. There's a little gap. Uh, but now we're back doing one. I'm Pete. I'm joined by Luke. Have you got any more stories like that, Pete? Uh, yeah. Um, we've got some new Mike Muffs in that we're not using at the moment. We're using the Football Ramble ones. Yeah. You want to fight about it? No, I don't. I'm, I'm, I'm back off my sick bed. People don't want to hear about me being sick. But... I think they'll tell. There's still a little bit of froth to your voice. But, yeah, a little uh, bit. You'll, you'll, get, you'll get out of it. You'll, you'll be fine. Someone said to me, actually, they said... Um, you know, Luke, with your voice at the moment, because you've been ill, you've got a lot of surface noise on it. And I said, listen, pal, life's got surface noise. Yeah. <laughs> there was a character in 24 that made a very good point. George. I don't know any of the characters apart from Jack Bauer. It was an older bloke who, who accidentally got radiation poisoning but didn't tell anyone. And the only time that anyone found out he had radiation poisoning was that uh, his nose bled on a screen. George something or other. George Dawes. Peanuts! <laughs> George something in uh, 24. He said, uh, um, uh, you know, concentrate on your family, concentrate on people that you love, because mm. everything else is just noise. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. George. And I, and I looking back on that, I think that anecdote was excellent noise. <laughs> I am Luke Moore, the Luke in the Luke and Pete show. That is the Pete, Pete Donaldson. Boys noise, um, that's what we are. Yeah, we are. Come in. Well, but actually, we might do a bit about uh, 90s boy bands a bit later, or perhaps next week. Um, come in. Welcome. Let yourself in. Make yourself at home. Feel mm. comfortable. Whether you're sat on the commuter train next to the bloke who won't stop um, sweating. That's the worst bit. Sweating's the worst. Um, um, I rarely travel during rush hour, but when I have to in the summer. Or it's a stinker. Yeah. Or, or whether you're having a run, push yourself through that last mile with Luke and Pete. Who runs? Well, I, I do. Because I listen to... Um, uh, no, sorry, not text. I, I listen to speaky, speaky podcasts uh, when yeah. I'm at the gym, but I don't do any running. So I, I can just... Because you just do 10 of whatever you're doing, yeah. and then you stop. Yeah, and then you're fine. I think people know what the gym is as, as a concept. Up and down ten. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's I more where that came from. Should be a personal trainer. Should up you? and down ten. That's it. Do the up and down tens on any of the machines. Listen, you can rotate. Sp- you can spot me anytime, Pete. Mm. Um, and yeah, whatever you're doing is basically what I'm trying to say. Do do come in, make yourself at home. You're very welcome here with me and my old pal Pete Donaldson over there. Um, recently on the Luke and Pete show, if you've not heard it before, it's just nonsense, really. Um, mostly fueled by you, the listener, though. So do get in touch. Hello at LukeandPeteShow.com to have a story or a comment or an idea uh, considered for inclusion on the show. Recently, we have discussed things like South African toads stowing away in people's luggage. Oh, yeah, they hid out, didn't they? Embarrassing school stories, including someone threatening to hit someone else with a pole. Wow. Um, Big Duncan Bannatine news, Pete, which I know gets your juices flowing. Gets me going. Uh, the Bo Beddingfield mystery. Any more theories on that? Greatly welcomed. And one that's firmly in your wheelhouse, Pete, as the final example of things we've talked about recently, Phantom Men 
in Airbnbs. Oh, yeah, because the just, dude just turned up. Happened to you, didn't it? Happened to me, and it could happen to you too. Um, what have you been up to recently, Peter? Uh, what have been up to? Uh, we had a lovely bank holiday, so I just got drunk for three days. But it was good, though. I worked on the Sunday night, and I got a car back. I just, I just couldn't be bothered to tra- travel public transport, so I got an Uber. And um, the Uber took me through Clapham. Mm. Obviously, yeah. Particularly, uh, I would say, a less than salubrious part of... Um, or is it salubrious? I suppose it is Clapham quite is salubrious. massively salubrious. Yeah, yeah. but it's quite, it's quite sort of Sodom and Gomorrah as well. I was there myself on Saturday. Well, when the Uber travelled through Clapham, it was like the last days of Rome. Crazy, about, isn't it? About 10.30pm, because it was bank holiday the next day, and people will not learn. They are crazy. Um, they leave foil barbecues <laughs> everywhere. It's insane. Yeah. Yeah. They were doing it on this bank holiday Monday, to be honest. Not even... But I, I've never understood, in Hartlepool, weirdly, where I'm from, uh, the biggest nights and the biggest days out are um, bank holiday. It's the bank holiday um, uh, Monday. Everyone gets absolutely tossbagged on uh, Monday rather than the Sunday. You'd think they'd do it on a Sunday, wouldn't you? Is, is it? I don't mean this as is a sort licensing of, restrictions. No, I, well, I wasn't even going to be as fair as that. I right. was going to say, um, speaking as a southern man. Nobody works. Have a, yeah. Yeah, okay. Anyone got a job? That's a bit rude, isn't it? I was, I'm asking the question. I'm not making a statement. Or a Why judgment. are you asking the question? It's interesting to know. Do all the Liverpoolians steal car radios? I wouldn't like to comment on that. Yeah, okay. Don't, go, right. in, don't go into Liverpool. <laughs> that's, a, that's the last place you want to go. Um, mate, just, just speaking of north, I suppose this isn't really north, but it's certainly north of here. Mm. Um, I went to Sheffield last week. Right. Uh, for the snooker. Uh, I love the snooker. I know you don't, so I don't... I don't, I don't um, propose to, to, to spend too much time talking I about that. I saw a good shot where a man hit a red ball against a... He hit the red ball to <laughs> knock another ball in. Yeah. Red ball against red ball. Yeah, it must have been two red balls, isn't it? It's yeah. like being in there with Stephen Hendry, is it? It really is. The red ball hit the pocket and it went miles and then it bounced back in a triangle and hit the red one in and everyone agreed it was excellent I think snookers. I'm, I think I might be about to embark upon an impromptu snooker quiz. Right, okay. How many points is the blue worth in snooker, Pete? Uh, the blue is worth seven. In- incorrect. Blue is worth seven points. <laughs> that is That's correct, actually. Seven points. Um, and who is the player who's won the most amount of world championships? Um, Jimmy White. <laughs> no. Incorrect. Nigel Mansell. Yes, it is Nigel, Nigel Mansell. Mansell. Yeah, right, correct. Okay, yeah. And finally, how many points do you get in snooker for if the ball goes off a cushion first and then goes into the pocket? I don't think you get any more points, do you? Just the, answer the question. It's just the thrill of the the skills, isn't it? It's the thrill, thrill of the skills. It's the thrills of the skills. <laughs> so no, what has to happen is a lot of people come out and just go, ooh, trick shots. Techers, yeah. Techers. Anyway, so... Top, top techers. So you don't get any more points. No, no, That was a red herring. That was a trick. How many for red herring? Anyway, I'm in Sheffield, taking my lovely wife to Sheffield. First time she's been there. And you take her to the snooker. She wants to. Is go. that the Crucible? Yes, it is. Yeah, oh, Crucible okay. Theatre. God, the storied Crucible Theatre. <laughs> anyway, so Pete, the point is, we're in Sheffield. Okay, yeah. I'm with my wife. We're in Sheffield. Um, she she sort of comments that it's quite a nice town architecturally. It's quite quite old and yeah. all the rest of it. She, she's American, so everything seems old. And, however, as we're walking down the street towards the Crucible Theatre, Jarvis Cockerwell passing went. Oh, and then they're just fucking in the street. No. That's Sheffield Sex City. That's not... The song, the song they did. It's not, no, it's yeah, not, no. fucking... No. You, you want to carry on with that? I can't remember the lyrics, but it's just all about fucking... Okay. I don't know. Affairs. I don't even know if I know the song. Um, I didn't see Jarvis. Right. What I did see, however, was two grown women having a fist fight. Yay! Um, did anyone's top come down? No. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, but one woman oh. punched another woman in the face and bloodied her. Yay. So anyway, these two men came along, broke it up, and that was quite a distance in front of us. Mm. That's when we were going there. Yeah. As we were walking I mean, this out... I the snooker. This is, people get drunk at the snooker, don't they? They weren't going to the snooker. <laughs> they weren't going to the snooker. <laughs> as, as we walked... Um, seven points, punch to the nose. Yeah, that, that was seven points. Yeah, so you get a break for that. <laughs> on, the, on the way back um, from the Crucible Theatre... <clears throat> saw a man who had been the victim of some sort of razor blade attack. Ooh. Someone, face or arms or legs? Arm. 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 Someone, nah. it was a razor blade on the floor and there was blood everywhere to which uh, my wife turned around to me and said, where have you brought me? Because <laughs> she'd been living in London for a year and a half and not seen anything like that. Wow. So Sheffield, dangerous yeah. place. They don't call it the steel city for nothing. You live next Razor to... blades everywhere. <laughs> you live uh, next to Brixton as well. I do. A lot Brixton's of, lovely. A lot of moiders back in the day. The, the most danger you're going to get in Brixton these days is having a sort of slightly... Um, undercooked um, KFC on the corner no like, I don't know uh, a sort of steak or something oh something right nice. or a, like a um, do you know what the biggest danger you're going to get is not getting enough um, artisanal uh, barbecue flecked yeah, croissants I'm struggling there really um, not getting enough granola in your granola I don't granola. know anyway it's the fanciest thing you can think of the granola. point I'm trying to make is it's now quite posh it is quite posh okay but nice but um, posh do you, do you remember the I don't st- miss the stabbings in McDonald's but no we talked about that. It was the first time I ever saw Isn't hard it? drugs being taken. It was in Brixton McDonald's toilet. Hard drugs. Yeah. Um, the new band. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Give me an It's Been. Oh, it's Been. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just your family guy a couple of days ago, uh, the one that was on Sunday, and um, the, they did like a six-second talk show. And it's like, here's our musical guest, the Naked Ladies. And he goes, It's Been. And then she goes something else. Ah, <laughs> oh, love it. Do you reckon they listen lovely. to the Luke and Pete show? Yeah, I reckon they definitely, definitely I think do. they probably do, yeah. yeah. That's That's, not, I think we might have got a few tweets about that. Yeah, we will have done, yeah. Yeah, that must be what it's about. It's a popular I'm, show. I'm, I'm not the person to slag off Family Guy. I think it's still quite good. <coughs> I've never really seen it. Mm. You've never really seen Family Guy? No. Ugh. To me, I thought it was just a blatant rip-off of The Simpsons, or is that something people don't say? It was a more extreme version of The Simpsons. Okay. It started getting good when The Simpsons got real bad. So I kind of... It's like the um, methadone of the old-school Simpsons. And what do you think about this whole thing? This is, I'm just dangerous territory, and I apologise to listeners in advance. What do you think about the whole Apu Simpsons thing? Well, I, in many ways, it's, it's not for either of us to say, being white middle-class men of uh, English heritage. I'm just um, asking your opinion, though. You're allowed to have an opinion on it. Uh, well, I have an opinion on it. Uh, no, I think, I think there's a lot of problematic uh, characters in The Simpsons from um, any, uh, any person of colour who's... Uh, like the, the, the fucking Bumblebee <laughs> man, for example. He's a nonsense character. Is he, he Mexican? Like, yeah, Mexican bloke. Uh, or certainly Lat- Latino, anyway. But uh, yeah, he's, uh, he's problematic. Um, I would argue that uh, Indian uh, and Bangladeshi and, and that kind of um, part of the world, um, they get less visibility in, uh, in America uh, because they're, they're not as well represented uh, politically as uh, right. the Latina and Latino populations. Yeah. Um, which I find very interesting. For example, the bloke in Short Circuit was not Indian. It was a white guy, ground up. Yeah, that was the 80s, though, wasn't it? Still, I'm not, I'm still, not excusing it. I'm just saying we've come a long way since then. Well, for example, we could probably um, get away with wearing Native American headdresses here right? because we just don't have an indigenous population that are Native Americans. We could probably get away with that sort of thing in the same way that... You've got one um, now. I've got one wearing one now. Yeah. Um, and uh, in America, obviously, there are, there are fewer... Um, uh, you know, South South uh, South Asian, Asian yeah. um, population uh, populations certainly less representation, and uh, and it it can only get better. So what's it likely to happen then? It's, it's going to become voiced by he's going to become voiced by an Indian actor. Is that what they're saying? 
Um, I think either way, it's just gone too far. He could just disappear into the night, but then you've got one less uh, representation of an Indian person who has probably become a, a lot more rounded character that used to be back in the day. Because um, it used I, to be like I, a blatant cliche. Well, because I've seen a lot of, um, uh, like, well, not a lot, but a few kind of um, Indian kids who grew up in convenience stores, effectively, because uh, their, their father or mother ran a convenience store. They sort of grown up going, well, you know, there weren't that many um, people who look like us on television. And if you take that away, that's even more problematic in a way. But mm. I, I, don't, I don't know who wins. I, it was an interesting piece about um, Isla Dogs in the New Yorker. Uh, obviously, there was a bit of a Ferrari, the fact that uh, it's set in Japan, uh, but f- five of the six main uh, characters, uh, possibly even more, uh, are voiced by big Hollywood actors. Now, I, I personally understand why they've done that, because it's, it's obviously, um, it's obviously a, a, you need to sell your, your film right around the world, and, and Japan's a very small place. Interestingly, though, whenever um, someone like, I don't know, Scarlett Hansen uh, plays like a, a, a modern anime character, like uh, the, the, the woman he, she plays in, Ghost in the Shell, obviously, yeah. originally uh, a, a, an Asian yeah. um, an Asian actor there would be playing that. Um, the Japanese themselves don't give a toss because they don't have a massive idea of uh, race because they're all Japanese. There, right. there isn't a, any, there aren't any immigrants in, in in Japan, so there aren't really any other faces on television other than uh, Japanese people. Okay. So the representation is pretty much ninety nine. That's interesting. I never really considered but that. Japanese Americans have a big problem with that because obviously. Um, there's there's very little representation on uh, on US television mm. of Japanese, of Chinese, of Korean uh, characters and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's um, characters like uh, Jin Yang in um, I think it's Jin Yang in uh, Silicon Valley has obviously taken over uh, the, the the problematic um, block, big tall ginger block. You have been compared to him physically. <laughs> um, I can't remember his name, but he got, oh. he, he, he got the he, he left I think under a cloud due to um, some rather nasty shit he was into why have I been compared to him then because you look like him a bit what's tall, he in? he's a tall beardy kind of chap he's oh. in Silicon Valley he's also in Ready Player One as well not was... Tormund Giants Bay from Game of Thrones no he was accused <laughs> similar kind of build similar kind of blood okay, okay. he was accused of uh, a couple of uh, rather unsavoury things and uh, he left under a bit of a cloud but Jin Yang's kind of taken his place in the narrative which mm. I quite like okay Good. A Chinese character. There we go. There um, we go. Let's press on, Pete, with some um, for, with some email, shall we? Because yeah. it's about that time of the show. Do you want to have a break first? Or let's, we... let's hit a break. Sorry about that serious stuff. I'm, I always get a bit <laughs> tongue-tied and a bit confused. And I always start stories in the middle when especially, I shouldn't. Especially around... A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax and think about work you really really want it all to work out while you're away monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind when all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync things just flow wherever you are tap the banner to go to monday.com many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out my solution is plush care 
PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Girls. Mm. Okay, Luke, don't conge me, mate. Pipe down, Pete. I told you never to argue with the customers. Did you write down the date and the time of that ad break for me? Thank I did, you, yes. Darling. I wrote it down darling. because we're a team. Um, I always say this, and so do you, Pete, but it genuinely is true. Um, the quality of emails we are getting on this show now has never been higher. Mm. And, you know, the number of them is astonishingly high as well. Astronomical it is. And I think if, you, if, you'll, if you'll let me, Pete, if I may be so bold, I would quite like to start the email section this time around because we have heard more from George, the Baltimore detective. Lovely. Probably got a jingle for him there, have you? Lined up. Uh... There we go, George. That's cross, your jingle for now. A bit, bit of cross-pollination. And yeah. to be honest, it refers to an illness. <laughs> George is, as far as we know, George is very healthy. No, well, he ate something bad, didn't he? And he... Oh, yeah, that's a good point, actually. You're giving the spoiler away, eh? yeah? Um, George says, hey, guys, now, for those of you who don't remember, George was the guy who got in touch, having a pop at an attorney um, as a, in his capacity as a, de- a drug detective uh, on the streets of Baltimore. He says, hey, guys, thanks for the kind words, and glad I could brighten episode 59 with my Esquire-level knowledge of international chain of custody procedures. <laughs> Pete seems sceptical of my credentials as a knocker in Charm City. Knocker. Charm City! Charm City! Good nickname for a city, that. I didn't realise uh, knocker meant um, policeman. Is a kind of knocking on people's doors and going, oi, oi, I, th- I think... Let's be Avenue, Doesn't sir. it? Does it, does it? I might be wrong here, but does it come from the acronym NARC? NARCA, NOCA. That's the drug division, though. It isn't the drug division. okay. Speaking of the Charm City, Pete, would you like a little, again, another impromptu quiz, a little US city nickname quiz? Okay. Go, okay, I'll bearing start. in mind, bearing in mind that I received, or we received an email about um, British flags, or so rather Union Jack yeah. appearing in um, uh, flags around the US, and I didn't include it because I thought the quiz was too hard. Baton Rouge oh, so got includes one, includes that, which I didn't really see coming. That is interesting. One. Thank you to the person who sent that in. Um, I'll give you the city, and you right. give me the nickname. I'll start, right. off, start off with an easy one: New York City, the Big Apple. Correct. Chicago. I know someone who bought um, for Christmas, um, like gave her his girlfriend um, an apple, <laughs> like a big apple. Yeah. Uh, as a like a euphemism for I'm taking you to New York. Yeah. Um, but they just thought they were getting an apple. <laughs> they said, oh, it's lovely. Thanks. See, he could have got away with just buying the apple. I'll tuck straight in. Yeah. Um, n- number two, the Windy City. I've just given you the fucking... Ex- Sorry, I gave you the answer there. Is it Chicago? Yeah. Philadelphia, you won't get this one. Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love. How do you know that? The Simpsons. Uh, you being serious? <laughs> yeah. All right. New Orleans. Ah, uh, the Big Easy. Correct. Am I, got, if I, get, am I get, about to get a clean sweep? How many more have you got? A few. Boston. Yeah. Boston. Ah. <laughs> uh, where... <laughs> We say words funny. <laughs> no. Where? There's no where in it. Where all the depressing films are set. Correct. Yay. No, it's Beantown. Beantown? Um, What's Se- that about? Seattle. That a bit awful. Seattle. Seattle. Uh, Toss salads and scrambled eggs. <laughs> Correct. No, it's the, um, it's the Emerald City. Emerald City. Uh, I'll, I'll leave you this one, cause, um, and if you get this one, I'll give you it, because uh, you've been there. Right. Denver. Denver. 
Home the last the dinosaur. <laughs> Home of the Broncos. Uh, no, I should know this, shouldn't I? Denver. Should. What have they got on their... Uh, yeah, yeah. I think it's just Broncos. No, no idea. The Mile High City. The Mile is a Mile High City. That's anyway. what I make it on repeat. I was like, shut up. Let's go back to Baltimore, the Charm City. All courtesy right. of George, the Baltimore detective. Charm City. He says... Um, I can assure you, I am a knocker. I did cultivate this dark soul prowling the south streets of Baltimore for a couple of decades. Your questions about where to search or how to avoid detection on surveillance. Knickers. Knockers in the knickers. Yeah. Are, in the knickers. are sexy things to ask. That's a couple of questions Pete had for George last mm. time he emailed in. But for good police work to happen, Pete, the basic need must first be addressed. Ooh. Prolonged surveillances usually mean crappy food and a shit ton of coffee, since whatever goes in eventually comes out, using the bathroom is the main challenge of the drug detective. A wide mouth, resealable bottle is preferred for obvious reasons. Um, I'm part of the Gatorade bottles myself because electrolytes. But doing number two offers its own set of challenges. Any rookie can piss in a bottle while seated in their car. Veterans can do the same while driving hell-bent for leather. Only true professionals can handle the brown stuff on the move. Oh, no. <laughs> I he take doesn't a... do that in a Gatorade bottle, does no, he? No, I hope That's not. That's way too well, you're about to, you're about to find out. Um, I take a fair bit of pride in recounting this story, mostly because spending any amount of time working in Baltimore destroys your ability to feel shame. <laughs> Once I found myself in a perfect position of a protracted surveillance of a rather difficult-to-track desperado. About two hours in, the call of nature was overpowering. <clears throat> Excuse me. Unfortunately, my position was such I could not exit my vehicle, my vehicle, or leave the area without compromising the case. So with the aid of a couple of dozen sheets of notebook paper and copious amounts of duct tape, uh, I constructed a small bowl. I then proceeded to expel the chipotle that seemed like a good idea a few hours before. And while I don't advocate littering, I chose this misdemeanor over keeping this bowl full of shame on my floorboard. I hope this proves educational because even those outside of law enforcement could easily find themselves in a code brown situation, and it never hurts to be prepared. Wow. So you made a ball out of noughts. And a duct tape. And duct tape. Two things we've probably got in this office. Yeah. So let's, let's nah, get, let's let's get, get creating. Um, uh, Pete, what would we... Could he have taped it up? Could he have um, squeezed the ball into a, um, a catcher's mitt kind of configuration, yeah. and then taped it up, and then put it in the glove box for later instead of littering? Don't forget about Just, it. I'm asking. Don't God. forget about it. I mean, you slag off the the the, the, the city. Of, <coughs> what is it? Charm City. Yeah. Say it's you know it's depressing and stuff, but I mean, you're flinging literal balls of shit out your window, mate. Yeah. And what are you doing to make it better, George? Apart from all those felons you're taking off the street. I think that's for. a crime, George. <laughs> yeah. Well, Knocker. he says I chose to um have this. I chose this misdemeanor over keeping this bowl full of shame in my car. Um, Pete. <laughs> What do you think would transpire if you and I were detective partners and we had to do stakeouts? I'd instantly shoot myself and probably you <laughs> through the calf. <laughs> I'd just be eating. Yeah. I'd be it eating the whole like, time. I'd do like a donut, though. I think I'd probably be of a similar heft if we, oh, both, if we both went down the donut route. I think you'd be shitting in a makeshift bar for about 10 minutes knowing your bowel. Yeah, well, no, I'd. Uh, well, the, my issue is, as discussed on this podcast, is that I don't always do a shit. So, in many ways, I'm the perfect stakeout. Oh, yeah. Good point. Another stakeout with a, Pete Donaldson. A bit of Luke and Pete show trivia for everyone listening at home. Fantastic story, this. And Pete will deny it and try and pretend that no, it's not a big deal. But in the year 2012, Pete was only able to pass a stall three times in total in the calendar year. Yep. Came up my in, eyes incre- and it was disgusting. Incredible. Um, in- like a mop top hair shop came up my hair. Incredible constipation. Yeah. Um, Pete, do you want to do an email now? All right, then I will. Hi, Luke and Pete. This is from Alex. 
Um, just finish this into episode 57, where you talked about embarrassing things that happened at school, and immediately I had a vivid and rather painful flashback to a sex ed class. Now, obviously sex education is going to be one of those classes that leads to extreme embarrassment one way or the other, but what made this worse uh, was the fact that our normal teacher was ill, and so another, was, uh, another <sighs> teacher was filling in. The other teacher who was filling in, the substitute teacher, was my mother. <laughs> my goodness me. What followed was the most cringeworthy and traumatising hour where my classmates asked her all manner of sexual questions, which she answered with personal anecdotes about, you guessed it, me. Uh, the class finished with her drawing my birth on the board and labelling the head coming out of the vagina with my name, or rather the nickname that her and my dad called me, which was rather highly embarrassing and not for public consumption. I'll tell us what it is. I know. It doesn't make any sense otherwise. Alex. Yeah. Because if the if the teacher's calling it something really weird, like little little pipples or something, <laughs> like that is a very personal and strange name that you wouldn't want repeated. But I like, think it was little pipples. Little pipples. Little yeah. pipples. Um, I say little pipples because that's what my mum and dad used to call my penis when I was a child. Did pip, they? A pip. Did they? A pip. That was the name of my. It's very strange. Penis. Little pip. Is that well? Is that like a well known? I remember. I used to go have to go to hospital quite a lot. Oh, here we go. Because uh, I had asthma, and I remember I was about six. And I stood up in the bath. <laughs> I was being bathed by a nurse, and I stood up in the bath with a full erection. <laughs> Can I just say, <laughs> I, I, knew, I, I, I knew where this was know, going. You sort of go, you sort of go oh, that's a memory I've got. I remember the nurse laughing because this child had an erection. Yeah. Yeah. I, Still I, I, did the deed on it, Still fucking performed, didn't I? I, I, knew, I knew where this was going. When you, when you st- basically, the words uttered were... I had to go to the hospital all the time. I yeah. knew that was going to end in something to do with your appendage. Yeah. I knew well, it was. It was... Uh... Do you reckon, can we get her on, that nurse? <laughs> She's probably... Yeah, I mean, she was... The thing is, she was one of the younger nurses, so... Can we get I Alex's mean, mum Christ to give us sex, sex education? Point him, that's the pip. <laughs> that's the pip, When the pip yeah. goes in the foof. Alex, um, you are going to have to tell us what the name was yeah. for your little head. Your little baby's head. <laughs> little baby's but, head. All joking aside, um, can you think... I mean... The old joke is like getting an erection in front of a complete strange stranger is an illegal act. You pay it doesn't to, matter how old you are. I've heard you pay to do that before. <laughs> uh, can I, yeah, imagine if you got indicted for that by George. By <laughs> George Paul. Oh my God, yeah. it's all coming full circle. I rest my case and George puts his case down on the, in the judge's presence and the, and the poo falls out. <laughs> case I was slam, slams open. A sandwich and a poop. I was going to say that um, George and his partner are in a stakeout and they've been there for hours and all of a sudden, in the middle of the night, door opens, front door opens, light behind the person and it's, <laughs> and it's staggering out, wobbling out, completely Billy Bollocks with a full erection as a six-year-old Pete Johnson. Yeah. Take him in, boys! The erectioner. We've caught him red-handed. <laughs> the erectioner. I was going yeah. to say, um, can you think of anything, cast your mind back to your school days, can you think of anything more embarrassing that could happen than what Alex has just described there? Um, the problem is everybody knows it's your mum. If nobody knew it was your mum, I just think it's unprofessional from the mother, to be honest. I can't believe she took, went ahead with the class. I can't believe you've done this. I can't believe you've done this. Would you say that is more embarrassing than, say, loudly shitting yourself in assembly? Uh, why? Who did that? I'm just asking. I'm trying to get a scale here. Oh, massively loudly shitting. <laughs> you are loud. Who is coming out of your ass in front of a whole... Um, hall full of people. Yeah, that's like, yeah, that's like police dog coming in to see the kids and pissing everywhere. That's how funny it is. Okay, if not more funny. So Alex, there you go. It could have been worse, mate. Yeah. Unless you did in fact shit yourself later that day, mm. in which case you have completed the clean sweep there. 
the, un- want- the unclean sweep. Do you want to do a little bit of a filthy email just to, just to get out of <laughs> filth town? Is that all right? Uh, Stuart yeah. from Kent uh, in episode 58, the Mothpocalypse. I'm enjoying that people are keeping up with the um, episode titles, titles and yeah. the numbers as well. Well, it's like, almost like I designed it, isn't it, Pete? Designed it. <laughs> you spoke about the various things Florida Man had done. You said that stealing 850 pairs of underwear was more perverted than masturbating in a McDonald's car park because well, that's is, a lot of is. pairs of underwear. And from that, it's fair to assume that masturbating in a McDonald's car park is worse than stealing one pair of underwear. So in a line graph of pervertedness, a sliding scale, if you will, uh, we have to come up with, um, there's got to be a crossover point. How many pairs of underwear do you have to steal for the act to become more perverted than masturbating once in a car park? Yeah, it's a good question. I think... Um... It was a lad in my school, actually the other school, who was quite famous for masturbating on a war memorial. That's disrespectful. That is a shame. That is a shame. But it is very much the focus of the town, so if you really wanted a, t- a, a Tommy statement. Tank... At the... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it's, what's his name about a Pink Floyd's son? What? Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. I remember Pink, the guy at Pink Floyd, didn't his son? Um, he he was off his head and he jumped on a war memorial and he got um oh, he got oh, in prison didn't he? No, it's that was Brian Ferry's song, wasn't it? No, Brian Ferry's Otis oh, yes. Ferry. Yes, it was Otis Ferry. And he jumped into the House of Commons as well because I know someone who what knows him. Bag. Knows someone who knows him, and there were reasons why he jumped on that war memorial because he was having a lovely fun time of yeah, the afternoon. Yeah, and also, can you think of anything worse in terms of abuse of privilege than that kid called <laughs> Otis? I know doing that. But that's my inverted snobbery. That's what um, we call aardvarks. To answer the que- to answer the que- answer the question, I think um, are we talking about? So this guy, I can't fully remember from episode fifty eight. The guy stole eight hundred and fifty pairs of underwear. But yeah. was that in different s- stealing spree? I or? think so. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I think I I, I, I fa- I'm fairly certain he did bulk, so he d- he probably did twenty at a time. I th- I think really. I, I think more than ten. I would say a hundred per wank. <laughs> How is that right? Not ten. If you steal ten pairs of underwear. That's more embarrassing, is it? Yeah, but the other one is masturbating in public. You could just say that the lady was invisible. Masturbate, or your sexual partner was invisible. Masturbate at home. I, th- you, I think 100. What have you caught short? So I, I, I think... What have you inadvertently taken a Viagra? I think 850 pairs of underwear is eight and a half public wanks. Eight and a half public wanks? Yeah. That's... No, that's too much. That's too many. What but. are you saying then? Ten? So you're saying it's the same... So hang on a minute, Pete... And this is a really important issue. I think it's 85 here. public wanks. That is outrageous. That 850 pa- pairs of underwear. Well, yeah, when you say it like that, 85. <laughs> I mean, that is, that is a you've lot. Got to, you've got to eat in between, haven't you? That, I don't mean in a row. You were, I mean, just, in oh, to- right, okay. just in total. Yeah, I mean, that's that's over years. If you, you could, how many wanks can you do on a, on a warm warrior? Sorry, not a warm warrior. <laughs> I'm conflating two stories here. Think of the logistics involved. Yeah, you'd have to do it at dark. At, Stuart, at it's a great question. Probably the yeah. best question we've ever had. Uh, um, he, he does end the email by saying, "P.S. This is all hypothetical. I do not intend to do either." <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Whatever, whatever mate. Whatever. Um, I think I'm going to wrestle this back to um, something a little bit more um, sexy. No, less sexy actually. Oh. A little bit more sensible. Right. From Matt from Worthing, and Matt, this is going to sound tame uh, after what we've just talked about, but I don't think tame. Is that a pixie be... song? Tame. Yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes be... I'll hear a word and I'll just hear Frank Black. Black that could be any pixie song. Tame. It? Yeah, it's good. Um, yeah, that's throwing me. Matt, yes, yeah, so Matt, this is going to sound tepid, tepid and a little bit sensible com- compared to what tepid. we just talked about. But this isn't your fault. So I, I enjoyed the email. So I'm going to read it out now. He says, Dear Luke and Pete, thank you for all your endeavours in the audio field. Your show is great. And I normally listen to it while getting ready for work in the morning. I'm afraid your voices regularly accompany the act of toweling myself down after my morning shower. Although I imagine Pete's voice has been the soundtrack to acts far more horrifying than 
than a man drying his groin area. Is that fair, Pete? Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Anyway, from my plums to your apples. Following on from the abrupt apple question and associated chat in episode 53, cast your minds back there, listeners, there are some brilliant local apple varieties out there. Forget Pink Lady and the other four or five overrated mainstream apples <laughs> that Big Fruit will try and force upon you. I drowned in sound. The best apple I've ever tasted is a local variety called Sussex Mother. Sussex Mother. <laughs> Mother, is that you? <laughs> uh, first grown in the 19th century, it's a cheeky, medium-sized apple with a sensational flavour. It tastes of aniseed and sweet spices. Ooh. Pete, I couldn't believe that an apple could naturally produce such flavours. What's this? I'm writing this down. I'll never find it. Cause this, Sussex this... mother. Sussex mother. <laughs> Sussex mother's in for teacher. Um, yeah, I, I think this whole start, whole thing started was was this apparently this apple tastes like champagne or something. It was like incredible, <coughs> well, an incredible flavour. But um, Matt and goes I, and on, I, and I still haven't tried that champagne apple. Matt says there are several apple fairs and similar events in my neck of the woods. These are well worth visiting if you like apples, cider, or associated products. I'm ending this email now because I may be coming across as an apple hipster, and I don't want to attract the ire of Mr. Donaldson because I also wear glasses and a beard, which only makes matters worse. Oh. Kind regards, Matt from Worthing. No surname, please. Oh, you're a big <laughs> player in the apple game, are you, Matt? <laughs> I was, um, thank you for that email. That was incredibly informative, and I'm going to be keeping an eye out for Sussex Mother. Can people send apples to us? Uh, that, are that, you eating that things that people send? I will, yeah. Uh, well, you once. Will, really? You got sent some food from the Far East once, and it was weird. It was like a grassy thing. Is it? Remember when you were at the radio station? Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll eat anything. I, I mean, we pretend that we don't eat anything sent to the radio station. Right. Because people are crazy. Right. They are frequently crazy. I tell you what, working on the radio station, because the, 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 um, the UK's got a bit hot at the moment, people have ramped up the... the crazy emails and the crazy texts have they right wow people getting the heat are they wowzers um <laughs> but um yeah um yeah i'll eat any so if you do want to send us some exotic <laughs> apples matt not just matt but anyone else um why don't you just dm us on twitter at luke and pete show or email us hello at luke and we'll give you our postal address mm. nothing can go wrong there and uh <laughs> you send them to us um not you george not you george the knocker George don't want come. any of your dispatches, mate. <laughs> yeah. Don't want any of that by airmail. Express delivery. Um, one of the Unless interesting things... Did you know, I was reading into this, and... Uh, no, come on. Come on. Um, I was reading into this, and one of the interesting things about apples is you can graft different varieties of sapling onto mm. essentially the same trunk. Mm. So you have lots of different varieties of apple, but only one tree. So my aunt's got an apple tree which has got three varieties on it, and it's just a great way of having different kinds of apples in the same place. But I looked it up, and in Chichester, West Sussex, there's a guy who successfully managed to graft 250 types of apple, different types of apple on one tree. That's madness. Yeah. How does that even work? He also looks a bit like my accountant. I, I reckon it makes all the apples taste the same, even though they're different species. And since we're on the subject, one more final quick quiz for you, Pete. How many different types of apple in Kent alone do you Ooh. think there are? 40. Have another guess, big boy, because you've embarrassed yourself there. Well, how many? Two thousand. Oh, piss off! Everyone's just slicing the. They're just going. Oh, this is different, isn't it? Buy this, dickheads. <laughs> They're flavouring so different mother. stuff. Yeah, exactly. Just put in a bit. There's, well, listen, I can list them all for you. A bit Sussex of... mother, <laughs> Sussex father, Sussex father. Yeah, there's six thousand different types of apple around the world. There you go. Apple chat. Thanks for that, Matt. Apple chat. I'm Ap- loving it. Apple chat with Apple Matt. Yes, I think so. Um, we've got two Kraken men carts for next week. So okay. we are going to stick them into that show. Is this the way uh, you're saying? Is this the way of your saying we're going to we're going to start? Pretty much, yeah. I mean, I've, I've got I've got one eye on the time because it's just what the way it is. Okay, there's some really good emails that we're going to have to do on Monday. Yeah, we are. All right, all right, good. 
Okay. It's going to be a bumper episode of fun. That's been a roller coaster episode 62. I know. I talked too long about um, a poo, but you started it. So. No, you talked too long about um, representation of actors in TV dramas, is what you talked about. No, too I long talked for. too long about a poo, and then we did a little bit about a poo. <laughs> eh? You having that? No? Yeah. All right then. Let's get out of here. Oh, <laughs> we're not hearing this music now, I think. Okay, Luke, don't gunge me, mate. Time! <laughs> Time! See you on Monday. And he goes, oh. I, like, I think Dot Brown would be. Dot Brown would be delighted with that. Look at that. It's a remix. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Damn. Oh, that's a lovely apple. Peanuts. <laughs>